drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. And I got Grifka in the building. Grifka, Detroit Kool-Aid cast, man. We're ready to do this or what? Yeah, man, let's get this knocked out. Excited to be back for this week. Grifka, normally start the show. We're talking news and notes. There's a few little things going on with the Lions, but we're going to bump all that. This week, man, it's a Detroit Kool-Aid cast listener mailbag edition. We're just asking and answering questions that came from our listeners all show long. Right off the top, before we get to the questions, I know everybody has heard this name on the show, but I got to pump him up once again. Frank Ribble Grifka. He pounded the pavement for us. I mean, we put out, hey, you know, send us some questions, you know, do some mailbag. Frank Ribble was on a mission to track people down for questions. We thank him for that. Um, I mean, did you see all that going on on Twitter and whatnot, Grifka? I mean, Frank was doing work and put in way more work than you ever have on the show. Yeah, there was one point where I, like, uh, I was uh, at the gym and my Twitter feed kept blowing up, messing up my music as I was trying to lift, and that's that's really distracting. So I had to like actually turn it off because then I got back to it. I had 120 uh, missing messages, and I'm like, son of a <laughs> – Grifka, what were you lifting? You got double plates on both sides, or what are we doing here? No, nah, man, that was my uh, – I do lighter weight, heavier uh, – that was my lighter weight, more reps day, where I, then I then I finished off with a burnout, it's, you know, lightweight and do as many as I can. Isn't that what the person says that they can never lift weights? Isn't that what they always say? Uh, I do less but more reps. Well, no, I run too, so I don't want to. Uh, yeah, you never see a runner with like really big muscles because you know you got really big muscles. That's a whole lot of uh, oxygen you got to get to them. So just you just work on Tony is all you do. Okay, I can't talk anyway because Grifka would outrun me and he'd probably out 
puts me to at this point in my athletic heyday. But I mean, you probably got those uh, little five pounders on each arm uh, doing a calisthenics or something. So <laughs> I, I go for the pink two and a halfs and look pretty bad, <laughs> badass with that. There you go, gun, sun's out, guns out. So, <laughs> so Frank, man, we totally appreciate. It. Now, of course, throughout the show. We're going to have to bust on Frank. I saw a few people busting on Frank uh, on all his Twitter messages about how much work he was doing. I mean, he's not on the payroll, but we totally thank him. So, uh, Frank, we thank you, and we will also bust you up, I'm sure, in the show. And we want to thank everybody else that listens. I mean, me and Griff Carter are just always blown away by the people that listen to the show. We have a ton of fun with it. And to just uh, continually sort of reach out. We're not social media guys. We try in our best to sort of get a little bit of word out there. But to have you guys send in all these different things we'll tackle today is tremendous. I mean, don't you think so, Grifka? Yeah, the feedback that we got and the questions, uh, real, a, lot of, a lot of good questions, so. Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's not waste another minute. Let's get into it. And Griffco, what I thought we'd do is get after Frank Ribble to start the show. He uh, he sent us so many like weeks ago. And we just blew him off because we were just so busy talking about other stuff. I thought we'd tackle uh, probably a uh, you know, handful or so of his, maybe do some rapid fire on Frank, get him out of the way, and then we'll get to these other people. So, so Griffco, Frank's first question, he says, how does our new and improved defense rank in the North? Will you think it'd be a top five in the NFL? I don't think a top five, but I definitely think it's probably, I would have to say, you know, once again, drinking the Kool-Aid. I think it's the second best. I still think Minnesota's got the best defense in the division. And uh, I know some, uh, Frank was, uh, you know, pounding the pavements against some Bears fan. How like the Bears, this Bears fan thought they had the freaking monsters of the midway again on the defense. But uh I would have to say even the Lions defense is better than the Bears defense. Yeah, they got Khalil Mack, but really I think that's about what they got. So uh, I, I still believe Minnesota's defense is better, but I think the Lions have the second-best defense, and I think they could probably be in the top 10, top 12. Do, do you think the Bears aren't that um, – They're not that great. <laughs> they're, I, really, uh... they're really not. They're, they fall back to earth this year. So, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mitch. You know. <laughs> I don't want to go by Mitch anymore. That's just my college name. I'm Mitchell now. No, you're Mitch. Mitch. Oh. Whatever. That's a dog's name. Mitch. Get out of here. I'm glad you got the bang on the offense and the defense there in Chicago. But uh, let me uh, just say really quickly, I mean, I think they're going to be, you know, a, a top top one or two defense in this division. We talked about it on a previous show, as Grifka would often say. Uh, will they be top five? I mean, I think I had them in, in that top eight range, you know, uh, top 10 on the low end. And then, yeah, top five is absolutely a ideal scenario. So, uh, you know, appreciate that. Frank uh, got after you said, what position should Quinn address? Oh, this is a, I don't even think Grifka, I mean, this is a bad one for you, but we'll throw what, what should Bobby Quinn address in the 2020 draft? Uh, assume we pick in the twenties, a wide receiver, maybe a Jack linebacker, O-line, or Frank really wants to know Grifka. What do you think about the 2020 tight ends? <laughs> oh, well, we'll need another one, you know, because, uh, well, well yeah, that way we can go three tight end set, but, uh, <laughs> next year, if, um, just, just say pass Griffa. You don't know anything about the draft. That's been proven this year. Whatever, man. You'll be out playing hopscotch or uh, tiddlywinks or some something during day one. Um, if we were going for that, I would still look at, if they're looking at that range, I would uh, look at linebacker. 
that would be the uh, position I would look for. I think they've invested a lot of money in the offensive line. I think taking another offensive lineman, um, I, I, would, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I don't think they need a running back. Wide receiver, what they did this year, what they drafted, I think will be okay there. Obviously not tight end. Stafford will still be around unless you're pl- planning on picking for the future. I think defensive backfield, we got a lot of good young defensive backs. D-line, I mean, I guess they go D-line. You can never have too many of those, but I think we still need we still need a little help at linebacker. So that's what, that's what I'd be looking at. All right. Frank, man, I'll have your 2020 draft coverage. Don't you worry. Uh, Grifka still hates tight ends. He tried to, like, throw some random answers out there, but – I'm still going to be looking offense. You know, there's a lot of good offensive skill players coming out next year. I'm going to be looking over those closely because uh, if all goes well with our defense, um, we need score points. We need athletic playmakers across the field. So quite a few of those. Uh, we'll, we'll get you more info as we go. Grifka, who else in the media don't you like? Because we, we know you have like a shrine to Dave Burkett. You pick up every uh, free press that's out there. You know, you, you're all over. Uh, Kyle Mikey's Twitter, you just think he's the best. I mean, who else do you not like in the media? Then? Well, let's see. I think the name goes ESPN. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Pretty what much mean, anybody man? there. That's the greatest resource uh, that we have. I mean, they talk about all the uh, top players that you forgot are good. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, they. I know they talk about you know all the teams. You know, uh, it's amazing how much coverage they have on each team. You know, and they never really focus on one: Packers, Patriots, Cowboys, Giants. You know, anything like that. So, pretty much them. There's there's like one person at ESPN I like, and that's Wright Thompson. He's he's the only one, and he's kind of like that guy that does just kind of focus stories every now and again. If you ever get a chance to read anything by Wright Thompson read it because it's 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 good he's a, he's a good writer he's almost wasted at espn because that that's a joke there <laughs> grifka uh we were i'm in the middle of some deep fantasy football drafts and odell was not available in one of my leagues but i have him in almost every other league but i was able to escape scoop up baker mayfield as my quarterback oh baby <laughs> he's uh gonna be something else i don't know why you don't see it but uh the guy's a freaking beast so okay uh, every, everything espn says is right i don't know why you don't get it if i had to knock the media again we we joke we kid on this podcast i mean we have a bunch of fun with it but uh the only other guy that really bugs me i mean there's a lot of good people doing good work out there the 20 men's the uh tory petries the uh you know, I like O'Hara and all those uh, local guys that kind of work for the team. But the only other guy that kind of really uh, bugs me, what do you say, Grifka, like a fork to the nose or something like that? Uh, tweak the nose. Tweak the nose, yeah. Is uh, this guy Carlos Monterez. Is that how you say it? I thought it was Menares or something like oh, that. I don't know. Whatever, whatever he is. You, you know who he is. Isn't he Dave Briquette's running buddy? I mean, it must, no, it must he's, be something in the he's, water. He's, just, he's the new Drew Sharp. Rest in peace, Drew. Know. Evil Drew. But uh, – that's all he is. He's the, uh, he's the uh, medicine. You know, I don't want to say like good medicine. It's that bad tasting medicine left in your mouth is, is what oh, he yeah. is. That's that's what all of his stories are. They're just like the negative side of everything. So yeah, yeah, he's always pulling something out of his rear. But uh, you know, shout out to Terry Foster too. Where'd he go? I know he had some medical issues. That guy was always funny. But uh, like you say, we we like the media, but we also like to have fun on the show with them. Uh, Grifka, who was the most important free agent signing? Uh, Frank loves uh, Justin Coleman. He thinks cornerbacks are super important. They're hard to find in free agency. I mean, what's your favorite or most important free agent signing for our Lions? I'm just going to go with the obvious and say Trey Flowers. I mean, that'll give uh, you know a stalwart on the defensive line. You know, at, at end, he knows the defense. He knows Patricia. 
he's he is he's the most important one right there he's the like you like you've often said he's like the Lions were able to get probably the best defensive free agent signing out there with a little hub from your favorite people at ESPN and it's one of those guys that could bring other people here as well yeah, I uh, you know we t- you mentioned that before. That's our guy. We really uh, think he's getting lost in the wash. Um, I, I, I'm gonna do something which I don't know if I've done on the show. I will go ahead and agree with Frank. I think Justin Coleman. Uh, he has not been at camp. We we're kind of wondering, man, we haven't heard much about Coleman, or um, and uh, you know he's kind of rehabbing some things and hasn't been in many of the team drills. But uh, I'm really excited to see him and. And a big play out there for the most part. And then a guy opposite of them, whether it be Melvin or, um, you know, that other guy. What, what's his name again? Oh, yeah. A-O-O, <laughs> baby. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. Hey, hey, Frank, uh, again, we thanked you off the show. We put your name on this podcast a bunch. You got a few other handful of questions here. Uh, we're going to skip you. We got so many other people to get to. I mean, appreciate the support. Keep banging the pavement. Keep drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid with uh, Mountain Dew or whatever else you're putting in there, buddy. But, uh, Grifka, let's jump ahead to all these other folks that reached out to us um, and check them out. So, Jonathan uh, from the DKC listener line shouted out, and uh, he put a question for the podcast. Do you believe Brandon Powell can win the uh, punt returner role um, while they groom him as maybe a future slot? Uh, He thought uh, then – uh, in turn, could Jamal Agnew lose his roster spot since he wouldn't uh, be a punt returner and he's outperformed by Ford or Tease, ya boy? You want to tease me with this question? Yeah. Um, I would, uh, yeah, Brandon Powell, I think the groom, this is going to have to be one where like Amendola kind of takes him under his wing and teaches him like all the tricks of the trade. And like you had mentioned before, his quickness, his agility, his speed, I think is like perfect for that. And I hope that's what they look to use him for, um, to be able to use that quick underneath guy, kind of like Golden Tate. I don't believe Brandon Powell's hands are as good as Golden Tate's were. Um, but uh, I, I would like that very much, especially his quickness underneath. Now, Jamal Agnew losing his roster spot. Jeez, uh, I don't, I mean... I like him just for speed over Ford. I mean, Ford looks like a windsock when he runs. So, and then especially with Tabor, man, it's just Tabor's Tabor's two steps too slow. So, you know, um, so gosh, I, I can't see just with his quickness. That That's one of those things where, you know, like you always say, we always say you can't teach speed. He would be the guy. Yeah, I think it would be very difficult for him. He would have to perform so poorly for him to get dropped from this team. And if he was, he wouldn't be on the unemployment line very long. Yeah, my real quick take is, uh, you know, Brennan Powell either has a role as a, a depth receiver or doesn't. You know, I, I, I think Agnew is fine doing some of the splashy things he does in the return game, offense. I hear he's playing decent, you know, inside when Coleman wasn't going. So, um, you know, I think there's room for Powell and Agnew maybe on this roster, but, um, you know, you're not going to boot Agnew out if you uh, if Powell does uh, make some waves. Uh, you know, I don't think that's the way they go. Um, also, real quick before we move on, so he sent this into the DKC listener line. Like, don't forget you can text that line. I know we uh, have some fun uh, voicemails and callers, you know, with people calling in, but we've had more people just sort of texting in questions or, hey, we love the show, keep up the great work, all that type of stuff. Real easy to send a quick message just like you would to your buddy to that uh, phone number that we often give out, 989 248 uh, three four eight four. Oh, we know nine eight nine two seven two 
three, four, eight, four. Man, I got so many. As Grifka says, we don't often call ourselves, but I uh, got so many different uh, numbers in my head these days. Grifka, next one. One dark lion. Uh, uh, he writes and uh, says fantasy question. Oh boy, Grifka doesn't know anything about fantasy. Fantasy question that holds. Uh, no particular reality. Oh, this is why I put this on here for you, Grifka. So he, he puts a fantasy, not fantasy football, like a random fantasy thought. He puts, what would you think about Slay being put into a position of receiver? I mean, I, I threw this out, but I wanted to get Grifka's take because it just seems so off the wall. Well, Slay at wide receiver. Gosh, I'm trying to think of what he'd be, what we could use him for with the size and the speed. Gosh. Doesn't have size, really. Come on, Griff. That's what like, I mean. He doesn't like, have size, but that's, like so one, I one dark line united. I think this is uh, somebody overseas listening to our show. Like we love your support. We love you thinking outside the box. But Darius Lake can't play receiver. Doesn't matter how fast he is. Doesn't matter how good his hands may or may not be. Um, this is just something that doesn't happen in the NFL anymore. Um, it's never been tinkered with or discussed. I mean. You know, just just not an option. I mean, it's sort of fun in a, like you said, in a fantasy world to think about. But uh, the days of of guys on the outside, like getting real snaps at uh, at receiver and stuff, is just not going to happen. One one quick question on that: You think if he threw him the ball, if Stafford threw him the ball while he's playing wide receiver and he accidentally dropped it, he'd like wag his finger, he'd wag his finger, like you know, he pass breakup? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He'd like if, if I think he might get a finger wag if Stafford overthrew him. You know, he'd uh, <laughs> give him that finger wag, or like it'd be a. I'm sure he'd have a great first down celebration if he was a receiver. If it wasn't uh-huh. the wag, but uh, yeah, it's not happening. So let's go to the next question. It says uh, this is from Five Wood in tune uh and his on twitter is at wooden wood den tune two he says how would you feel about the possibility of joe Dahl at left guard at left guard if uh he's the best we got i would be okay with it um as long as he i don't think he needs to be like an all pro pro bowler type player i just think he needs to be solid and that's pretty much anybody to throw at left guard. And if it's Joe Dahl, if he's the best, you know, that way Chris Spielman can keep saying, you know, it's like, good job, Joe Dahl. You know, can, <laughs> you know, he can keep saying that. Um, I would be fine with it. Yeah, uh, this is a no for me. I gave my take on Joe Dahl. I just feel like the, the sand in the hour he last has run out. I mean, if he wants to be a depth swing player, maybe. But, uh, no, I can't have him starting that left guard center right guard anywhere really for this team uh in my opinion so uh let's go ahead next one william uh t-r-e-e-c-e man i'm gonna butcher a lot of these names but uh william reaches out to us and he says if graham glasgow ends up starting at right guard who is the best looking option so far at left guard wiggins doll abushi assuming crosby stays as the backup swing tackle so we kind of just hit that on joe doll i mean do you have a better option that you want there? Would you like to see Wiggins or Abushi, or would you rather, best case scenario, see Dahl over there? Jeez, it's it's they're all like, yeah, it's like they're all in the same bucket. You know, it's like reach and grab one, just you know, put it in there. That's kind of how I feel about them. Like none of them really stand out to me. Saying, gosh, this guy's so much better. You know, it's that's up to the coaches. And like right now. I don't know if any of them really stand out to those guys. So, 
Griffka, this is a mailbag show. We can't have you hemming and hawing over a left guard starter. It's not that hard. Like, you either love Joe Dahl or one of the other two, or you don't. Like, Well, I mean, on a previous show, Ding, I did say Wiggins, so, uh, and that, and then you ripped on me for saying, he's just the guy. So, but, um, Wiggins, there. There you go. <laughs> right. So, like, my answer to this would be, like, everybody, including Grifka, the easy answer is Wiggins. The, uh, person that wants to think they're the smartest guy in the room thinks Joe Dahl's all of a sudden going to be good. Um, my answer was, you know, yeah, I like Crosby at swing tackle, but if he could play in- inside, I would like him on one side, Glasgow on the other, and Big Frank in the middle. That was my uh, dream scenario if, if he could play there. You know, I'm not, I'm not there every day, but uh, that's what I thought. So let's get to this next one. Seven Motor uh, City Spirit, he writes um, – one of my concerns is also the cornerback, too. I really hope this position is finally sorted out. Um, has has anyone heard how uh, the one guy from Penn State is doing? Can't remember how to spell his name or pronounce it. Hey, at Motor City Spirit, it's A-O-O, baby. There you go. <laughs> um, was it, I know, uh, was it uh, you uh, did... Uh, was it send me a uh, updated uh, depth chart from Eric Schlitt? Thank you, Eric Schlitt. And uh, he had a uh, what uh, the second one, Rashad Melvin, as the uh, number two right now. Um, I know we had covered this before. I'd be okay with that, but uh, once again, I, I think I'd like to see a over the a o a o. I can't do it as good as you over there at some point. As uh, you know, just with his quickness, I, I think he uh, being being good number two. Yeah, and uh, all kidding aside, the name's Amani Onawarie. That's as close as I get, but uh, oh baby, I think he's going to be good. But uh, I also think that we got to give him some time. You know, um, we'll we'll see what happens. I I could see him taking a big leap in camp and whatnot, but I think that, uh, you know, they'll probably go the safe route. Who knows? They might even bring in another guy. But uh, AO is definitely in the mix and hopefully will be a good player long term for this team. That's the hope. Next question comes from two night train lane. You that's at lane underscore night. Uh, he wants to know, um, mostly your thoughts on the guard and wide receiver. Um, and then he says, uh, I'm not sure how he could have added receiver and guard picks, but I'm worried uh, about the separation and Stafford trusting more timing routes. So basically, He's talking about the draft, kind of saying how Seattle traded down. You know, what were your thoughts that we kind of skipped a guard up top? We didn't get a flashy receiver. What do you think about the separation, Grifka, for these wideouts? Like, everyone talked about that last year. I mean, to me, if you're big and skilled enough, you know, it doesn't matter. If you're small and shifty, yeah, that's your game. It's just getting crazy separation. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think we'll be fine in that that area Stafford likes to put it up high likes to throw it deep uh, you don't need to have you know three yards of separation if you can go up over the top or uh, burn past somebody right I, I, just by watching you know Kenny boy one thing we've talked about and I've read is that he does have trouble separating but he seems to be big and strong enough to where he can use his body well to uh you know go off for the jump ball and there are times where it looked like last year they were able to run routes to uh, get them open. I'm hoping that um, that Daryl Bevel does the same thing. Uh, Marvin Jones, um, 
he's uh he's the guy that's just he's gonna run your go routes for you. So he's gonna have to beat the uh, jam off the line to get around. But it seems like a lot of defenders will play a few yards off him and not do the bump and run, you know, to try to keep up with him. So uh, a separation it can be, but at that point you need your quarterback to really put the ball on the dime. And uh, so uh, I I totally see where uh, you know uh, was it. Uh, night train lanes coming from with the separation thing so that's Stafford having to be able to put it right on a diamond um if you don't have separation that that can lead to interceptions knockdown balls stuff like that yeah my take on it is uh again if you those that listen to the fantasy football flavor show me and Chuck were talking about a certain guy Grifka named DK Metcalf, the guy that all you could do is put yourself on rewind, talking about, oh, I watched the game, it wasn't that good, oh, he made one catch, oh, he had one good game against Alabama. I think that plays here because Grifka, not every receiver runs every route excellent, not every guy is small and shifty, not every guy is going to get these crazy, you know, Antonio Brown-like separation, but there's still a lot of receivers that make plays, so you're banging on Kenny and these guys about, oh, he doesn't do this well, like... You're forgetting, again, you're going Grifka and forgetting about all the things he does do well. I mean, I I don't think it matters. When you're, like, above 6'3", and you're in that 210-plus pounds, like, you're you're not going to be amazing at getting away from these little little corners. So I'm really not worried about it at all. I think it's just a big talking point by the national media because they can't figure out anything else about our team. So it's just like, oh, these receivers must not be getting open. It's like, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. So, uh, next question. Uh, this says, eight and I never slice. And he's at Bushwood underscore C. He wants to know, did you notice how often Hawkinson lined up in line versus split or slot in camp? So, obviously, we haven't been there for a seat with our own eyes. But um, wh- what did you take away from some of the reports, videos, things we saw about him um, in line versus split out? So that would just lead me to believe he's he's he, he does he's not he's he's not known as just like the greatest run blocker and he's not you know just going to be used as like the split out you know tight end type guy. So he's he's he, he's good at you know blocking you know he's good at running routes. So they're going to keep him on the line a little more as opposed to you know the old H back or something like that. So that's what it leads me to believe that they're going to. Uh, not be the dead giveaway like oh Hawkinson's in is going to be a pass. So I think that's what I think that's what they're doing here, lining it up is like so they could use run plays with him and pass plays with him. Okay, now you know all the Detroit Kool Aid drinkers tuned out when you started talking, right, Grifka? Because one, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to tight ends. Two, you don't love you have no love for T.J. Hawkinson. Three, what do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about when three. it comes to tight ends. <laughs> you, We've we've heard your takes. They're, they're no good. You don't draft them. They they're, they're going to put up 200 yards worth of stats. We've heard all this, and then you put him in line just because. Again, I think you just said he he, he can't really run block. That was one of his best traits that he has. No, um, he's he, not a dominant run blocker. He's good, not? but he's not dominant. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe you need to do what you accuse me of and go on YouTube and catch some of these. Uh, cut-ups of him just putting people in the freaking ground and burying people. He's basically like a sixth offensive lineman. But you okay. put it, but you put him in line just because, you, you know, again, he's going to get 200 yards and one touchdown. The people get it. So um, my take is that 
Um, he's the perfect tight end for for both. You know, I haven't seen uh, where where they move him around and whatnot, but yeah, you're going to see him split way wide. You're going to see him in the slot. You're going to see him lined up uh, offset of a tackle, maybe even in the backfield. Some. I mean, this guy's a versatile piece. Put him all over. Give him any type of role: block, pass, play action, uh, all types of things he can get after. I'm mean, go up the scene. It's going to be tremendous, man. I can't wait to see it. So. Um, like I say, no, no rebut from you, Griffka. Just just accept that you hate TJ Hawkinson and we'll move forward. Okay. <laughs> all right, perfect. I got that on record. Um, all right, so 9 Edgar Allan Poor wants to know, and he's at Dad Look. He says, uh, I thought Miles Killebrew was a good draft pick, but he hasn't panned out yet. What is the role of the team now, and uh, do you see him getting any meaningful playing time? I thought this was a good one for you, Griffka, because you had a similar take. Yeah, I, I love this question because really I thought the Killebrew pick was a really good pick as well. And he, he just hasn't developed. Uh, his role with the team, he would have to be spectacular in training camp, especially with what they drafted for him to make this club. I can't see him just as a strict you know, special teams guy. I know there's a lot of guys out there that that's what their main role is. But uh, I don't know if he's fast enough to be a gunner. Um, I just I can't see him making this club right now. All right, Griff. If you do your homework, you would have seen a report like a week or so ago that Miles Killebrew is is dead set with the linebackers now. So um, that's a super deep class. I mean, I, I think there's definitely a role for him on this team. He's yoked up. He's young. He's been here for a while. He definitely has a role when it comes to both special teams, depth, all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, I'll go with the the person asked the question here. Like again, I was I was decently high as I often am with the. Uh, a player like this in the draft where they got him, I want to say it was, you know, late, late fourth round type of range. And, uh, I don't know. He, he definitely has not had the splash or the impact that I thought he would, especially from a physical perspective when it comes to, to hitting people, when it comes to sort of, you know, adding that extra dimension that we didn't have in the back end. So, um, you know, I think he's been a disappointment from that area, but I also think that, yeah, there's definitely a spot for him unless it comes down to numbers, you know, unless it's like, Oh man, he's right on the fringe and we need an extra receiver or Hey, we got to keep an extra old lineman because nobody showed their, their best during camp. But uh, I think Killebrew will be on this team when they break camp. Next question comes from less is roar and it's at less is roar. Check them out. That's a, that's a good Twitter handle. He says, uh, I'm pumped because Glasgow, um, Hold on, let me look at this question again. He says Glasgow has a good understanding of the scheme um, from his time at center, um, making him think he'd be even stronger at that before um, at guard position. Um, how do you feel Glasgow would would play at right guard? Because I, I, you know, he he was at left and they moved to center. So do you think he can just translate those two? positions and playing time to being a really solid upper echelon right guard or is he kind of starting over what's your take i don't believe he's starting over i know when he was at michigan early on in his career they continued to move him around on the inside so and he was um the coaches always raved about how smart he was it's uh everybody everybody just kind of thinks linemen it's just like footwork no i mean each one has its own little set own little intricacies of footwork so i think he'll be athletic enough smart enough good enough to be able to translate from left guard to right guard even with the center being in there um do i think he'll be dominant i don't know if he'll be dominant but i think he'll be better than average i think he's going to be on the upper upper side of even you know 
even better than solid. But I don't know if he's like an all pro or pro bowl type player. Grifka, the people really want to know, did did you zone in? I mean, with your draft prep, did you watch this guy? Did you watch the games and and really dissect Graham Glasgow when you're sitting watching uh, all the college football that you tout all day? You knew he was going to be a good, solid football player? Yeah, because he started at Michigan as a junior and senior. And so, yeah, he was one of the main guys that they often touted about on that offensive line. And they did show him a lot. So, yeah, I saw him. So I, I thought, like I said, I always thought he would be decent as a pro. I never thought he would be like an all pro or anything like that. So when the Lions got him, yeah, I was I was pretty happy with the pick. Okay, you can't you can't slide in one. I watch the games for the people. Well, yeah, I do watch Michigan games. I'm a huge Michigan fan, so yeah, I watch Michigan games. <laughs> all right, so uh, I remember when Glasgow was coming out, like I had him as more like in that fifth, sixth range. So when they took him in the third, I was kind of like, ah, man, like I like the player, but I just didn't love the range. But it was a need at that point. He's been better than than advertised, I'd say. I mean, I, I can't say he's been dominant. I love his versatility. I love his toughness. I love that he's been out there most snaps. Uh, I think he can translate that to right guard. Uh, I'm not a proponent, to be honest, of, oh, well, if he can play left side, he can play right. No big deal. Like, I always think it's a little bit more of a big deal than people make it out. Different footwork, different, you know, assignments. You know, you don't just put a guy in there and say, hey, go uh, get in the way of other people. You know, there's a lot of intricacies to it. But uh, he's had enough time there, and, you know, I think it'll really help our football team if he can play all three spots. I was thinking about that the other day. I was kind of like, man, what – how great is that, that basically a lot of our interior guys are, are going to be well-versed now at two, if not three spots. I mean, that's really what you need. And in a pinch, if anybody was to go down, I mean, we got two or three centers out there that can all slide in, which is nice. So I'm excited about uh, <clears throat> what they're building there in regards to versatility. All right, we got to keep this thing moving, Grifco. We got, uh, you know, a few more here we want to get through before we shut this thing down. I'm glad this guy wrote in a question. This is this is the CEO. This is Mike. Everybody knows Mike on Twitter. I don't even know how many followers. This guy's probably up in the 10, 20 thousands, whatever he is. He's, he's got Logan uh, status when it comes to Twitter followers. He's always riling up the Lions fans. He's always putting out almost like a, a positive vibe every day about our Lions, you know, trying to get people like Grifka to turn that corner and realize that, uh, you know, being negative doesn't do us any good. So love this guy on Twitter. He actually was the first guy I kind of reached out to because, again, I didn't ever use social media and still don't much except to have fun with the podcast and promote and, and reach out to you guys. But uh, he helped me sort of get off the ground, so appreciate it. So um, he, he writes in and says, when will Slay and Snacks be back, in our opinion? When do you think they get back on the football field? Um, Slay, probably, eh, I'd say at the beginning of training camp. Snacks, his position, it's, uh, it's been, I mean, they've both been around for a while, but Snacks, he knows what he what he needs to do. What he, I'm thinking probably second, maybe third week of training camp. You know, he, he might miss the first game. You know, I don't think it's going to take snacks that, snacks that long to get ready for the season. So, uh, but uh, Slay just getting—I think he would need to be back a little sooner just to get in tune with that defensive backfield. Yeah, Grifka, I agree with you. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping up on your uh, Twitter feed. Everybody hit up at Grifka DKC. Uh, give him a follow. Check him out. He—I uh, put something out the other day. I was—what was I doing? Oh yeah, Slay put out 
uh, why don't NFL players get uh, get opt outs? And I was like, oh boy, here we go. This is not good. And then as I I usually don't like read all the comments, but I kind of wanted to see if this got. You know, I go, all the trolls are going to be after him, and, and it's going to get ugly. And as I scrolled down, about five or six down, somebody said, we need you in Detroit or something. And he was like, he said, I ain't going anywhere anytime soon, man. And I was like, oh, man. So I retweeted that tweet out and said, uh, man, it put me at ease, knowing that's kind of his mindset rather than, uh, you know, just sitting out or not wanting to be in Detroit, stuff like that. So I, I, I agree. I think Slay will be there at the beginning of camp. Yeah, I could totally see Snacks just hanging tight, trying to still get that deal, and then when push really comes to shove, if they don't want or aren't willing to give him what he wants, you know, slide in towards the end, third, fourth game, you know, and just kind of get ready, be ready for the season. So that's not my ideal scenario, but that's kind of what I would see happening with those two. And uh, like I say, hopefully they just get this resolved. But uh, two really important players, I know I even saw the Lions today, were sort of bringing in, I think it was that big, uh, nose tackle he used to play in Cincy I think it's Petco or, or uh, gosh I can't remember he had the crazy hair and just he kind of had a, a tough yeah, name to pronounce Petco. yeah I think and then he went out to Denver maybe I, I don't know I, I kind of saw that come across my feed but um, we might talk about that uh, in the next couple weeks if they end up bringing him in but um, yeah uh, good answer by you Griff let's go to this next one um, this is uh, Bushwood underscore C again he says uh how much a day will Slay lose if he chooses to sit out training camp? Oh man, I don't, I don't think I have those numbers in front of me. Are you aware, Griffco, what it might be? Would it get knocked? Uh, no, I do not. I don't know if it's a standard NFL. I don't know if it's like a standard. It's like you can only do X amount of dollars, or if it has something to do with like how much they make. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, there's daily. It's a daily flat fine. Same with the, what he got docked, like 80000 for missing some of the OTAs, and I think it was 250 for the mandatory camp. So what they do, though, is whatever the dollar amount is, you know, the player and the agent and everybody knows that, okay, well, like, yeah, you're going to get docked that money, but, you know, they're pretty sure they're going to get what they want or they can roll it into a future deal. So, you know, yeah, these guys don't like giving up any money, but I think Slay will sort of look at it and say, okay, I proved my point. Go ahead and get in either right at the beginning or maybe after a couple of days when it starts, you know, piling up and he's like, oh man, we're not going to get a new deal done. But I'm sure the Lions will sort of take care of it at some point or he'll make that money back regardless. But uh, it does get pretty pricey. You know, I think they ramp it up. So like OTA is one number, mandatory uh, mini camps another. But then, yeah, if you're missing training camp, they, they do start taking a good chunk of change. So I, I, know, I know Big Play is aware of whatever that number is. Shout out to him and he'll probably tell you to the penny. Um, Gloria's daughter at That Girl Friday wants to know, uh, has anybody seen – Ben Schwal, uh, how is he fitting in with the core group? So good question there. If kind of, did you hear anything about him, or do you think that he's got a chance, or no? I think he has a chance, but maybe. As I, I don't even know if they really use backup offensive linemen on the practice squad, but uh, to be honest with you, ding, I haven't really heard or read anything that he was you know looking good or like always oh, you know taking snaps. I haven't really heard anything about him from the few uh, off-season workouts that they've had so far yeah my, my thing is you're not going to hear much I mean he's basically an interior lineman he's an undrafted guy you know everybody knows his name but I, I just see him as a guy that will be I don't know I, I think that 
as long as he's pretty solid, you know, that I, I just don't know how all those numbers are going to break out. Like, I think it'd be sort of hard to break the roster, but if he's anywhere close, you know, maybe he can be a practice squad guy. Maybe he can fit at the bottom of the roster somewhere. But I did you hear that thing that came out that, like, I think Todd McShay or one of the draft analysts had the Lions taking in 20th overall in, his, in their first mock, you know, for the 2019, like over a year ago? They had ben, Bo Benchwell to the Lions at number 20. No, I didn't see that. That's their projection. So, I mean, it's crazy, but, like, the guy didn't have a bad year. He didn't forget how to play football. Like, he obviously fell in the draft, as, like, other players do. But, I mean, I still think there's promise there. It's just, like, how do you fit him? That's, like, the hardest thing about the NFL. Like, where do you fit these players? Like, when it comes down to 53 guys, I know Patricia was saying that. Like, that's why they want to be so versatile and so – picky about who's on the team because you know 53 i still would love the nfl to sort of expand it out a little bit more but it gets really tough at the end of those cut days to sort of figure out how are we going to make this roster work and who can we slide on the practice squad who can't we because you don't want to try to get too sneaky and put a guy there and lose him to another team so i'm really curious to see if bo uh, gets on the team or finds his way on uh, with a lion's jersey at the end of the day because i still think there's a lot of promise there hmm. All right, a couple more here, and then we're going to do a full other show on Friday to get through all these questions. So um, this next one, man, I can't can't even pronounce the name. I think it's too big. I don't know if that's Big Damn, Big Don, something like that. Uh, He says, not sure if there's still time, but thoughts on Logan Thomas as tight end three and his ability to play a dual role as maybe an emergency quarterback. Ooh, interesting. Interesting on two levels there. Yeah, I like the uh, I, I like the uh, dual role part, considering you know he did play quarterback at Virginia Tech. Um, tight end three is, is size, athleticism, and it'll definitely get him on the field. But uh, it just seems like one of those guys just kind of bounced around, and it's always one of those things like we talked about with Luke Wilson. You know, if you were good, you'd be playing somewhere already. You wouldn't be stuck behind people. So. I, I, I don't know. I think he might be one of those guys, if he doesn't really pan out, the Lions wouldn't be sorry to, like, you know, see him go. But, uh, I mean, he's obviously doing better than what Big Mike Roberts is doing right now and actually, you know, continually getting cut from his <laughs> after his surgery. But uh, I really like the uh, dual role, you know, uh, th- that idea, especially, you know, Tom Savage right now is looking like the uh, backup tight end, so... My guy, Big Mike, man, uh, Logan put it out on Twitter that he got cut again for another failed physical. My guy, Mike Roberts, what happened to you? I saw you like a couple weeks ago doing interviews. You look slim and trim. You look like you had your head on straight. Look like you were trying to find a role on this football team. Now you're going to be uh, working with uh, Grifka's favorite guy, Brandon Pettigrew, at the local bowling alley, dropping uh, balls on people's toes if you're not careful, man. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I hate hearing that, but I think here's a here's a silver lining is that like so if they got rid of Big Mike, and you know even when the tra- trades didn't work out, it wasn't like oh maybe we let him get healthy, maybe we sort of see if we can fit him. Like they were just done with him. So, um, you know I would think that Logan Thomas must be either showing him something because as I'm doing the depth chart in my head, I mean you got you got TJ up top, you got your boy Jesse James under him, you've got. Uh, probably, you know, at this point, like an Isaac Nada, maybe in that three range, just based on draft, uh, you know, draft pick equity type of thing. And then Logan Thomas is, I would think, like you said, I could see him not being on the football team, but I could see him being, if they keep four, 
sort of being in that mix. I, the, the part about the quarterback is something that I think, yeah, it's fun to throw out, but you can't say a dual role as the emergency QB. To me, he's a he's a gadget player quarterback. He's a guy like in a pinch, like let's say you only kept one, somehow both your guys got hurt, like maybe go in there and sling it around a little bit. But I don't think they're going to cross train this guy to like know the playbook and be able to run the huddle and stuff like that. He's just going to be, hey, this guy can throw. He has done it. He has the size, you know, the thickness to be able to take a pounding if, if we had to put him back there. So I, I like that as like a really random extra value that he brings, but not a, oh, hey, we'll just uh, we'll just roll with Stafford and put Logan Thomas on and be good in case something happens. Like, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I, I don't see that either. But I think if Logan Thomas does end up playing quarterback in an emergency role, you're looking at a playbook like the original Tech Mobile where you got four plays. And one of them is the uh, – LA Raiders for go routes, you know, remember that play? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just, just, just send them deep. Yeah. So, so let's end it with this Grifka, Frank Ribble to bring up the uh, cleanup spot here to end this show. Uh, again, it's another question about the left guard sort of wondering, uh, you know, who's going to play there, but, but he puts, could, could they share snaps? I mean, he says, uh, I've been very impressed with the Lions offseason conditioning, uh, led by Davis and Dahl, uh, who deserves a mention. So uh, he's asking, could you actually split time at that extra guard between a couple different guys? I mean, my quick take is like, you know, no, like nobody really does that. Like, yeah, you can put in an extra lineman package, but you don't have people just randomly subbing in and out in regards to the sharing time. So I don't see that happening. And then I think he's just hitting on, I don't know how Frank has the inside uh, track on conditioning programs and who's leading who's doing well i mean frank are you in there on the treadmill with these guys or what are you talking about but uh i think you know what he's saying is that uh you know the lions have seemed to be all in and they have some decent leaders like have you noticed that too or do you think you've been happy with what you've seen from the offseason program i really like the comment you made about having having the leaders i think that's one thing the team definitely needs and um leaders that everybody can uh look towards and they're not uh, I don't want to say for lack of a better term you know like fake leaders you know because there's times like guys like step up to want to be a leader but nobody really takes them seriously and I don't think there's anybody on the lines this year that that uh, that will have that issue um, like you mentioned I don't think anybody really splits time I mean you like to have your offensive line be one cohesive unit the only time they really switch it out if somebody gets hurt um, was it uh, equipment failures you know like somebody snap breaks or something like that um, that's when you see something else. Or if somebody's just getting, you know, just beat really bad, then, you know, time after time, then they'll switch it up. But I, I can't see, like, three guys or even two guys just alternating, you know, every few plays. Like, hey, run, you know, like in high school, you send, like, one guy in with the play. You know, like, okay, next guy's in, send this guy in, you know. So I, I don't see that uh, I see that happening there. Grifko, were you the big left guard that they'd send in with the play call? Uh, that seems like a that'd be a good role for you there. Yeah, like back in high school, I didn't run as much as I do now. So by the time I would have made it the 30 yards out to the huddle, I would have been winded. So uh, no, they didn't send me in there a whole lot of times with the play. It's much easier for me to come out of my stance and block somebody as opposed to uh, – I wasn't the guy pulling downfield, you know, like, Sandra, I've around the edge. That wasn't me. I just want to let you guys. I want. I want to let everybody out there on, uh, you know, Detroit Kool Aid. That was not me. I was. I was bigger in high school. I've 
I have lost weight since then. So uh, just to let you all know that I, I, do, I do run more. I can, you know, I've ran five mile, 10 mile races, but I wasn't, you know, you find me 20 yards downfield on a football field in high school. That was purely by accident. And generally that was, that was kind of like, what am I doing here? I should be back with the rest of the all line. Everybody uh, send in your questions about Grifka's college or his uh, high school football career. We've got to know more about this at some point, but uh, thank you everybody for your questions. I mean, uh, thank you, Frank, for pounding that pavement and getting this going. We, we'd love to do these kind of more often or, or get them going. I mean, uh, like I say, a lot of times we'll just throw out one or two tweets about, Hey, send us your questions, you know, on a Monday or Tuesday, hoping you can get them in so we can uh, format them, put them on the show. Today, we didn't really like have a rhyme or reason of what the questions in order or what we just sort of took them all in, cut them out, uh, put them on each show and try to answer them and have a little fun as we do it. So uh, I thought it was good, Grifka. What'd you think about our first sort of Detroit Kool-Aid mailbag? I really like it. It's a lot of good questions there. Realize a couple of them here and there kind of overlap, but that's what, uh, that's what Lions fans were thinking about. So uh, keep the questions coming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, me and Grifka always have fun chopping it up with each other and arguing back and forth and getting the Grifka catchphrases and having me get my take on the team. But when we can get your guys' thoughts, what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about, it really makes the show, um, you know, fan friendly, which we definitely want to be and and a lot of fun. So uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Grifka, we're going to get out of here. But on Friday, we got a whole nother big loaded up bag of questions so um everybody get tuned back in uh for that and uh grifka you got anything else for the people uh nope everybody totally appreciate the support check us out friday detroit kool-aid find us on twitter detroit underscore kool-aid shout us out reach out we uh we absolutely love doing this so we'll catch you guys friday morning for another episode of the detroit kool-aid cast take care everybody we're out Drink it in, man.